Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friends at Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver and in Parker. You're not working with some big dealership that's selling volume. You're talking about an intimate buying experience because you know what? Everybody deserves that, and that's what you're going to get at Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver and in Parker. So whether you want to get something foreign, domestic, how about a luxury car? They're great. Uh, Man, you should look at their website with all the great luxury cars that they have. Uh, Go check one out, and you're going to get that luxury car buying experience. They also service service all models, and they have great finance options. Go for a test drive today or find them at rmurosport.com. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Mace, uh, you are doing a 10-part series on thednvr.com, or as I call it, thednvr.com, but it's all the same. Uh, yesterday, you wrote a great article, or you wrote we talked about it yesterday, but you wrote it a couple days ago, about Jared Mayo, and it looks like he is the front runner for the Houston Texans yeah, job. Particular, uh, particularly relevant for them right now, more so than the Broncos. Correct. I mean, if they zoom in, look, if they, if they zero in on Mayo, yep. it's possible he may not even interview with the Broncos. Right. But they have to, but it doesn't mean they'll fall foul of the Rooney rule because the Broncos do have Aaron Glenn, who they interviewed today, and Eric Bieniemy on their list. So they're going to be fine with the Rooney rule qualifications. By the way, the Texans still owe David Culley $17 million over the next three years. Okay? And, and David Culley's retirement age. That's a nice retirement. He might just that's, take, that's better than a 401k. He might just take that and sail and go buy a boat and literally sail no. off. No, I know what he'll do. He'll, he'll do what all former Patriots guys do. Go crawling back to Bill for a job. Or Nick Saban. He's not a Patriots guy. No? No. Not at all? No. He was hired from Baltimore. Oh, I thought Cully had Patriots ties. No. like this is These are the teams he's worked for. Tampa Bay under Sam Weich. Pittsburgh under Bill Cowher. Philadelphia under Andy Reid for 12 years. Or, or actually 14 years, my bad. And then Andy Reid in Kansas City worked under him for four years and then worked under Sean McDermott in Buffalo and John Harbaugh in Baltimore. So he's, he's not an Andy Reid. He is not a Bill Belichick Patriot guy. It is possible he goes back to work with Andy Reid in Kansas City as a, like a senior assistant. That yep. wouldn't be a surprise. Okay, with that, with that, Let's talk about Nathaniel Hackett. We spoke about him a little bit at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about him now. Tell everybody who this guy is. Uh, he, obvious Green Bay offensive coordinator. Before that, Jacksonville offensive coordinator. Before that, Buffalo's offensive coordinator. And uh, while we can kind of dive into what he did in Green Bay, certainly Aaron Rodgers has uh, had arguably the two best seasons of his career the last two years with Nathaniel Hackett couple of things have to be considered. Number one, Matt LaFleur is the play caller in Green Bay, not Nathaniel Hackett. And he, unless the Broncos trade for Aaron Rodgers, he won't have that same level of quarterback in Denver. And that's why 
you start looking at the Buffalo and Jacksonville years. In Buffalo, they drafted EJ Manuel, didn't work out. He had Kyle Orton for a bit, was very much kind of spare parts. The offense struggled. Jacksonville, on the other hand, he comes in as a quarterback coach and then moves over to play caller late in 2016. And then in 2017, his only full season as Jags play caller, they have a top 10 offense with Blake Bortles at quarterback. They have the number one rushing game in the NFL with Leonard Fournette at running back. If he has got the tools, he will run the ball. And so one thing you kind of look at is if you're trying to have a successful equation on offense for the Broncos, assuming that they have a maybe a marginal upgrade but not a huge upgrade at quarterback, you could see Javante Williams being the guy that Nathaniel Hackett chooses to ride if he ends up getting this job, especially early on in his tenure. Listen, with looking at all the guys who are up for the job, would you say it is fair, and I'm asking you these questions because you did the article on him. I didn't do the deep dive. I read the article, but you're the one who did all the research. Is he even the most qualified offensive coordinator on this list? Can't you make the case? Biennemi has more chops than he does. More experience. Yeah. Kellen Moore has caught, has uh, called plays and had an offense at a higher level. Right. And he's calling plays so right is now. So Hackett, Hackett for, is Hackett Forget about the head coach. Is he the best offensive coordinator on this list? I mean, there's a, there's a good question. I mean, of course, things are doing well. Things are going well in Green Bay. But he had... He has the ingredients of a Michelin. Is it three stars or is it four stars for Michelin? I think it's three stars. Yeah, right? Yeah. He has the ingredients you expect of a Michelin three-star restaurant with Green Bay's offense. He comes here. He's going to be working with a McDonald's-like kitchen, at least a quarterback especially. Well, as of right now. Yeah. Could get better. Right. And you know, But the thing is, you can't hire Nathaniel Hackett based on, oh, he's going to get you Aaron Rodgers. You have to make the hire if he's your guy based on what you think he can do if he doesn't have Rodgers. And that's, and that's where it, it's kind of interesting. And that's where you kind of look back at that season in Jacksonville. They come within about, what, four points of going to the Super Bowl, of winning at New England, Really more a defensive letdown late than anything else in that game. As Aaron Rodgers said this week on the Pat McAfee show, quote, what he did in Jacksonville I think was pure magic, unquote. And I think that is accurate. Getting a top 10 offense out of a team led by Blake Bortles, who is barely hanging on in the league, occasionally popping on a practice squad here and there right now, says a lot and I think says more about what you can optimistically expect now, the following year, he got fired 13 games into the season. So I want to ask you, does that, is that something you consider Why to was be he fired? a red flag? Why was he fired? Classic case of being a scapegoat. Right. Certainly, it, Green, Green Bay and Matt LaFleur bringing him in tells you what people still thought of him. And by and large, when that sacking happened in Jacksonville, most around the sport felt it to be a mistake. You know what, that he was being unfairly scapegoated for deeper problems on the roster and in the offense. I'm going to use a uh, phrase that I'm guessing you're familiar with. You've done some television work. You know what pancake makeup is? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. For those that don't know what pancake makeup is, I mean, I used it for decades in television. You just it's 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 your base that you put on your face when you mm-hmm. go on television, and it takes the shine off your face, mm-hmm. but it also covers up any blemishes. Okay, can make you look younger from a distance. Could yeah. Aaron Rodgers is the highest grade of pancake makeup on the market. Yes. So you may call a great play, but at the end of the day, if you don't have a quarterback who can Mm -hmm. execute that play or improvise, and let's face it, uh, Aaron Rodgers does a lot of improvising. Great quarterbacks who are mobile do a lot of improvising. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is a pocket passer. But it's the next level. It can take the play beyond the design. Kind of like a Patrick Mahomes. Uh So when Patrick Mahomes improvises... Peyton Manning wasn't an improviser because he didn't move really out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. He, he, I mean, he just had to have a perfect throw every time. But when you look at a Mahomes, and obviously I'm talking about a guy like Bienemy, mm-hmm. when you look at Dak Prescott, who can improvise well, mm-hmm. extend plays, makes Kellen Moore look better. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. All of these quarterbacks improvise well. So I have no idea if the play call is really that good because, quite frankly, you have a guy who can improvise and make that play look better than it is. It's funny because when you – if it's fourth and two – here, let's go back to the Broncos game where Locke turned it over, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, They had a couple plays to try and get in the end zone, right? Right? Everyone says, oh, terrible play call. Shermer totally botched that. Well, you know what? Um, if you maybe had a better quarterback, maybe that is a touchdown. Sherman looks like a genius, doesn't he? Yeah, which is why you, I think you look at more of what they do elsewhere. Like one right. reason why. Look, one, all I'm yeah, saying is that's right. the concern that maybe it's the quarter. Listen, like, sh- show me a great coach, I'll show you a great quarterback. Which is why Sean McVay and people around him are regarded so highly, because we see that you take Jared Goff out of the Rams and put him on the Lions. There's not much there. Right. Whereas Jared Goff with the Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay, total offense ranks in those years for the Rams, 10th, 2nd, 7th, and 11th in total offense. I'm going to sell you on something real quick. You know who's the best offensive coordinator in football? Right now. Right now. Tell me. Who do you think? (sighs) I mean, that's putting me on the spot here. It's tough. Well, that's, that's my job. Or can we include head coaches in this? Or are we going sure. to OCs? Yep. I mean, right now, I think it's Sean McVay. Okay, I think you got the wrong Sean. I think it's Sean Payton. Everyone's, with what New Orleans did with... Everyone. Yeah. Oh, he is, he's got Drew Brees. Did you see what Sean Payton did with that offense? So that tells me he doesn't need the quarterback to be great. But, I mean, the offense wasn't... I mean, the offense was 28th in the league. They still won. They were competitive. Like... Like, they still will look at the quarterbacks they right have. exactly to, to they me still want I think Sean McVay's or Sean Payton's genius this year is in minimizing the team's deficiencies for as long as possible and also similar to Dan Quinn okay maybe, identif- maybe not offensive coordinator head coach identif- identifying what you need on the other side right uh, I think what we saw I think but what we, we saw that we saw that a Sean Payton offense that looked great with Drew Brees it didn't look it didn't look the same with others, but I do think this. If Jameis Winston had not gotten injured, 
that is not the 28th offense. That's right. probably somewhere around 14th, which is where you say tip the cap. But you know who had a top five offense with Jameis Winston? Byron Leftwich. Right. And so I think Leftwich should be getting more play because I'm focused on that season with Winston rather than you, anybody can do it with Tom Brady. Leftwich right? isn't getting a lot of looks for interviews, is he? He's getting a Jaguars interview and a Bears interview. That's it. There are a lot of openings. Yeah. That's it. By the I'm, way, I'm actually a little disappointed he's yeah. not on the Broncos list. All right. Coming up after the break, Colts GM Chris Ballard had some interesting comments about Carson Wentz. We know what the 49ers think about Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, now that basically the front office and the coaching staff has been gassed in Minnesota, there could be three quarterbacks available for the Broncos if Wilson and Rodgers don't work out. You want any of the three? Because I got a feeling for the right price, all three would be available. That's next. Mama always told me not to look into the eyes of the sun. But mama, that's where the fun is. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. I am very excited, Mace. I think you might be, but I'm very excited, but I know you're excited. February 25th, it's a Friday. You and I are going to be guest bartenders at Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. I absolutely love going there because every seat's a great seat. The food is really good. Uh, Their happy hour, no one does it better. Three until seven every single day. Two for one, wine, well, and drafts. And again, that pool table, well, they have 15 pool tables there. They have a pool hall there. And they have live music as well. But on the 25th, you and I are going to be out there. The band, no cover, is going to be Final Eyes. They've played there before. Great band. Dance music, some from the 80s, from the 90s. They play, play classics. They play everything. And what they're going to do is we are going to be um, bartending. And 25% of the net sales are going to go to our friend David Hurlbutt. Mm-hmm. His wife is battling breast cancer. 25% of all net sales from that night are going to go to David and his family to help his wife, Monet. And the minimum that Greenfields is going to donate is $2,000. Minimum. Come join us. We'll probably do, well, like 7 to 9. Does that sound good to you? Sounds great. Okay. Let's do it. 25th of February. It's a Friday. Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmeurosport.com. Okay, we've been spending a lot of time talking about Russell Wilson. Maybe the Broncos will trade for him. How about uh, Aaron Rodgers? Maybe the Broncos will trade for him. When you look at the free agent market, it's terrible. Teddy Bracewater is the best name on the free agent market. There we go. They're not bringing him back. 
So with that, you look at the draft, and it's pretty weak as well when you're looking at franchise quarterbacks. Listen, every kid coming out of college has warts, but this is especially warty, if that's a word that I just made up, which I just did. It's especially warty. But there are some other guys who I think could be available at the right price. I think it's fair to say the 49ers are going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. They already have Trey Lance. Chris Ballard said today that he's not going to commit to Carson Wentz for next season. And the Vikings have cleaned out their front office and coaching staff. Kirk Cousins has a big contract, and we have no idea if the new GM or coach is going to want to keep Kirk Cousins because it's a big number. Mm -hmm. Any of these guys interest you considering all three are much better than what they had last year? Last season, the season before, season before, season before, season before, and season before. Jimmy Garoppolo interests me if you still draft a quarterback. And maybe not at nine, but maybe take those round two picks, trade back into round one, and get a fifth-year option on a quarterback at the end of round one. Garoppolo's contract, by the way, is perfect for this sort of thing, by the way. Because you trade for him, he'd be $25.6 million on your cap for 2022. Pretty good. No contract after that. Right. And... I think it's in, unless you have a perfect situation, and again, like what's you talked about, Mike McDaniel earlier coming from San Francisco. Right. If he's your OC, he might. I, I think he can make sense to bring in and maximize that for a year. But I think with Garoppolo, clearly in San Francisco, they thought there was a ceiling that he was reaching, and maybe wasn't going to get to the next level. And that's why I think a in Simpsons parlance, a perfectly cromulent idea of these possibilities. Is Garoppolo one year gets you better at the position, and then you've got that guy. Maybe that frees you up to take a roll of the dice on Carson Strong, who's got the best arm in the class, but you may have to let him have knee surgery and recover in that rookie year. Aren't you getting tired of everybody else's sloppy seconds? Flacco, I am, but I, Keenum, but, but here's the thing. But this is why I would say I'd be fine with this if you. Gave me a first round pick at quarterback with. I that. think they're going to have. It's what to do they should have done. It's probably what they should have done in 2018 with Case Keenum. The mistake that the Broncos made was not signing Keenum. It was in not picking a quarterback, and in retrospect, preferably Josh Allen, who they coached at the Senior Bowl that year, and it wasn't having that backstop and that long term guy behind him. It was putting all the eggs in Case Keenum's basket. That was a mistake. But I think Garoppolo, of these possibilities, first of all, he will probably cost you the least. Last year of his deal, 49ers are motivated to sell. You could probably get him for some like a, a day-two pick. Some combination of that. You could probably make it work for that much. And then, I mean, is it tough for Garoppolo being a one-year guy? Yeah, but you know what? If you're... Drafted quarterback is slow to develop, and you start thinking, okay, timeline is 2024. Great. Uh, well, give him the franchise tag for a year. Here's of, of those three, yeah. I, I don't know about you. I want to know what you think. But of those three, right. Garoppolo by far makes the most logical sense. Well, yes and no. Uh, I understand that Kirk Cousins is going to cost you a lot, and I'm not a fan of him in this sense. I think he has all the tools. He just doesn't seem to make his teammates better, and they seem to lose with him. Okay. And George Payton has talked about how winning for a quarterback counts. Right. And he's been around Kirk Cousins. Right. 
but in with Minnesota, that, so. yeah, he's going to cost you forty-five million. But then, then he's off your books completely in twenty twenty-three. So you can still do the same thing with a first-round draft pick. But you're doing it for twenty million for, or is it twenty? Is it twenty or ten million more? Because well, he's forty-five million, right? But the Vikings assume some of that. I thought they will. So I think it ends up being thirty-five million. Okay, so it's basically about ten million dollars difference between. Who's the, two. the better quarterback? Kirk Cousins. There you go. Okay, so Kirk Cousins is the better quarterback. Then but if you, you value winning, then you hold it's on. Garoppolo. Hold on. The, well, maybe, maybe not. Then you have Carson Wentz, right? Um, he has three years left on his deal, but there is a potential out going into the 2023 season. So right. he really has one year left on his deal. No dead cap hit. So all of these guys have essentially one year left on their deal. And his number would be between that of Garoppolo and Cousins. Right. His number is $28.29 million. Well, I'm wondering, I'm wondering what the Colts would have to pick up. Because maybe it's not that high, or is it? You tell me. Is it that high? Uh, if they trade, the Colts can have zero dead money. Okay. Look, Literally looking at it right now, if they trade him, all of it goes on to the team that will assume him. The way the because remember they traded for this contract to begin with, so Philadelphia took the hit. So who do you want? They're all one year deals, and honestly, the money is thirty five, twenty five, twenty eight. It's all relatively the same. I'd go with Garoppolo of those three. Okay. And I think part of it is also he handled the Trey Lance situation well this year. Yep. To where I think he might be frustrated, but I don't think he will cause locker room problems. I don't think he's going to be happy getting traded to a team yeah. where it's now two years in a row. I don't see, think see, he'll be happy, but I think there's more evidence that, that he can handle it well, and he'll and he'll know the score coming in because he's on because he's in the last year of his deal. He'll know that it's it could be a one year thing. I'm auditioning for the rest of the league. Whereas with Wentz and Cousins, the length of their deals, they could be multi year solutions. Garoppolo, I think, offer is a more expensive bridge, but a bridge that where wait, you wait, can Garoppolo say Garoppolo is a more expensive bridge. Yes, you mean Cousins? No, than Teddy Bridgewater. Oh yeah, you just had a bridge. But end up being a Garoppolo is going to be the least expensive option. Yes, of these three, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But he's more expensive than the guy you just had. Oh yeah. But the other, again, the coordinator is going to matter. If Mike McDaniel is your offensive coordinator, yeah, it makes sense to have. Garoppolo. I, I want Garoppolo. Period. Right. But again, I don't want him without being backstopped with a a Ritter or Howell or Strong that you're bringing along there at the end of the round one. Well, do you think Peyton would? Look at one of these guys and say, maybe we don't have to use a first-round pick on these guys because when you look at the ages mm -hmm. overall, you know, Wentz, he is 29 as of today. Uh, Kirk Cousins, he is 33. Mm -hmm. And what's Garoppolo? Close to 30? It's got to like be. 29 or 30? Yep. He's 30. Like so with that, I mean, I really don't think Peyton looks at these guys as permanent solutions. I would let, hope let, let's let's take a pass on the draft again. But here's the I thing. would hope he wouldn't. But you never again. But you know what? But Here, remember, I, something. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to say to myself, he's not John Elway. But remember something. Remember something. If Peyton really doesn't like somebody in the draft, he might have to go this route. He might have to go this. Well, route. Well, the thing about these guys in this year's draft is that uh, 
none of them, I think, are the guys that you want starting extensively as rookies. I all, agree. All of them need some time in the incubator. But at the end of the including day, Matt Corral, who's probably on balance QB one, he'd be best served by watching for a year, and that's okay. I get that, but what I'm saying is Peyton may look at this draft and say, I don't really like any of them. I'm going to have to wait till next year's draft. That could be the case. Yeah, and that's kicking the can down the road. No, well, it, it, no, hold on. Yes, literally it's kicking the can down the road. But at the end of the day, if you really don't like anybody, mm-hmm. uh, you should not be using a first-round pick on somebody. Because you're setting your franchise back. Right, but at the same time, I think sometimes with quarterbacks especially, you have two schools of thought. You have maybe being too aggressive in picking a quarterback and maybe being too persnickety and saying and finding reasons not to pick the player. I understand rather that. that. Rather than to pick, pick the player. Remember, where the Broncos are picking at nine, they have enough ammunition to move up mm-hmm. to get the quarterback that they want, and they don't have to give up that ammunition to get a Wentz to get a Garoppolo or a Cousins. I mean, the, the question really comes in if they come out of the Senior Bowl, come out of the Combine, if they come out feeling that maybe Desmond Ritter is their QB1, and then you start saying, okay, well, could we get him at 17 and trade down and get some more assets? And that's where that comes into play, too. Coming up after the break, Steph Curry was asked, because listen, you can make the case that Golden State's a dynasty, right? I mean, they didn't win three in a row, three in a row, but they're still pretty good, especially when they had Kevin Durant. He was asked, how would they do against the Bulls with Jordan and Rodman and Pippen? We'll tell you what he said next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mason Denver at Eric Goodman. Feeling for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Impact Real Estate. Impact Real Estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact. Go to impactcommercial.co. All right, Steph Curry was asked recently who would win a seven-game series between the Warriors. And, you know, obviously you look at all the titles that they won. Clearly you're going to pick the team that had Kevin Durant. When they had those 73 wins, they didn't win a title that year. Cleveland won. So you pick the team that had Durant. So would that Warriors team win or the Bulls dynasty? And you would clearly take of the three-peats, you would take the one with – Jordan Pippen and Rodman, not the one with Jordan Pippen and Horace Grant. And are we picking one team from there? Are we saying like just the Bulls that a three-year running general? Yeah, I mean you you can't sit and combine players. Okay. You, you can't say I'll take Bill Cartwright off the first three people. But no, team. but I mean we're, we're taking hypothetically we're taking the '96 Bulls team, seventy-two. Wins. Sure, sure, sure. We could take that team. So Curry said he absolutely believes Golden State would beat Chicago. He said, obviously, we'll never know, but you put us on paper with them. I like our chances. We win in six. To me, this is all about matchups. Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to. 
I like the Nuggets, not the Nuggets. I like the Bulls matchups better, but with the advent of three-point shooting, mm-hmm. it wasn't as prevalent back then oh, heck as no. it is now. Yeah, and that is that plays a major role. I mean, who can play their game better? Can the Bulls play their game better, or the, the or the Warriors play their game better? And as as deep as my respect is for the 1990s Bulls, I feel like the Warriors a more perimeter-centric game, they're going to be able to play that a bit more. And the Bulls don't have the same kind of... Uh, the Bulls had some shooters, but they don't have the same kind of ability to light it up as the war from outside as the Warriors do. Uh, I mean, Steph Curry as a pure shooter is an all-timer. Okay, I won't disagree with that. But again, to me, basketball is about matchups. You have three of the greatest defensive players of all time on that Bulls roster. Jordan Pippen and Rodman. Three of the greatest ever to play the game. Ever to play the game. I feel really good with a 6'6 Michael Jordan guarding Curry. I feel real. I don't care how far out Curry wants to shoot. You're going to have Jordan all over him for 48 minutes. Nicely done. Is that Cyrus? Anyway, then I understand Kevin Durant is six foot eleven and he's long, but so is Scottie Pippen. And Scottie Pippen was a tenacious defender. He was tenacious, and that's the thing. Durant's a better scorer, no doubt. No, this is not I'm only talking about on the defensive end. Pippen's better better defender. I'm only talking about on the defensive end Mm -hmm. against the Warriors. And I love Dennis Rodman on Draymond Green. I love that. So your big three now, who's going to guard Clay Thompson? I'm not so sure if I feel great. Was Ron Harper on those teams? I believe it was, it was Ron Harper, I believe. Well, then Clay Thompson's in a bit of trouble. Yes. Because Ron Harper, not one of the greatest of all time, but he was really stinking good. So defensively, look up to see if Ron Harper was on those teams. I believe he was. I, I, I thought he was... The- Early part of the second run. If he was part of the second run, defensively, the 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 Bulls are a juggernaut. Yeah, he was. Okay. He in '96 yeah. he he started uh, 74 games. Okay, so so you are you are covered all the way through. Or 80 games. Yeah, you're covered yeah. all the way through. Yeah. And I don't know who the Warrior Center is, but it doesn't really matter because that guy, whoever it is, is not putting up 50. So now let's flip it around the other way. I mean, they're probably going a little bit. I mean, they're they're probably going with some version of the death lineup, right? I mean, so you're probably going to see, you know, Andre Iguodala out there. It's now, not going to be a traditional lineup. Okay, now, Andre Iguodala was a very good defensive player. That's he he's sort of a he's an X factor here. Okay, but hold he on. He helps. Hold on. He's very good. Yeah. But he's not shut down Michael Jordan good. You know why? He's give Jordan some problems good, but not shut him down. Nobody shut, nobody's shutting down Michael Jordan. Yeah, nobody, nobody shut him. But I also, as good as, def- as a defender as Jordan is, I think that you're still going to see enough ball screens to where you're going to see Curry get his looks. He'll get his looks. Yes. Yeah. He'll get, he'll... I think both Jordan and Curry still put up 30, each 30 in this. No, matchup. I don't think, I don't think Curry's putting up 30 against Michael Jordan on him. No, I don't. Mm. Okay. Maybe yeah. in a couple games, yeah. he's not averaging 30. Okay. And then. You have who else uh, is who's Durant going to guard because he doesn't guard anybody. And Clay Thompson's a good defender. I'm with you on that, but he's not good enough to hang with Pippen. Not good enough to hang with Pippen. 
Huge, huge advantage. And you want you really want to put Kevin Durant on Scottie Pippen? Good luck with that. He'll be running around him all day. And I understand Rodman doesn't score. I'm with you on that. But they had enough scoring with, what, Steve Kerr? They had enough scoring with they, – they, they would have enough scoring. The concern is the Bulls would be trading twos for threes. That's that's part of the equation here. It is. And, but, and, that's, but, and that's why I think it's probably a seven-game series. Might be. But it's a seven-game series with a high variance. Like, there's going to be a – in this series, because one thing about perimeter-based teams in terms of the offense and the modern game is you do – have a game where you shoot 50% and then the next game you shoot 20. The, if you play the seven game series between these teams, there's going to be at least one game the Bulls win by 20, the, the Bulls win by a minimum oh, you know of 25. Who I forgot about? And the Warriors. You know what I forgot about? Tony Kukoc is a scorer. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Luke Longley. Who, who, who's going to guard Tony? Who's going to who's going to guard him? You're going to leave him open? Kevin Durant on Tony. Now Tony Kukoc was well, not you only have five guys on the floor at the same time. I mean, you're going to you're going to have Harrison Barnes playing a lot in this series as well. And that's fine. Yeah. And that's fine. Okay? But Kukoc could score as well, and he's coming off the bench. So, I like my chances with the Bulls because defensively they're that good. And we talk about how mentally tough Michael Jordan is. Do you think for a minute going into that series and all he's going to hear about is how great of an outside shooter Steph Curry is? You think Curry's not going to hear about how great a player Michael Jordan is? Uh, Steph Curry is not Michael Jordan. No, but I'm just saying my point being is it works both. That sort of psychological thing works both ways. If the Warriors are going in this series, they're going to hear about how about how they're how they be facing you know the greatest rebounder of all time, and they be facing the great and, and the greatest here's the, individual player of all time. Here, here's the thing. I think they. I I think it would work both ways. Here's the thing. When it comes to Jordan on Curry, first of all, Curry's what six three. Yeah. Jordan's six six, and can jump out of a gym. So. Uh, if Curry wants to hoist up shots, I think we have a couple of blocks here. That's number one. But also, all Jordan is going to hear is how great of a shooter Curry is. I think Jordan would say, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice a little of my offense, and I'm just going to be in that guy's back pocket. He's not going anywhere. He is not getting open. I'm fighting through screens. He was that... People don't realize how good of a defensive player that Michael Jordan was. Nothing people realize. It was all because he was defensive player of the year, literally. But, but people And all see, defense perennially. Right. So you don't think that a guy that great uh, would would have a pretty good time with Steph Curry? Would have would have he has a big advantage. He's he's taller, he's as athletic, and all he's doing is hanging on the perimeter. Fine, you want to run him through screens, that's cool. I mean, they, they'll in this hypothetical series, they yeah. would Curry would get enough looks to where he'd have some big games. I don't. I think I don't think Jordan would allow him a foot of space. Curry doesn't have that instinct, killer instinct like Jordan does. Jordan would take it personally, like he did with everybody. Like who's he did the, with who's the se- who do you think is the second best player on? Who do you think is second best player on the Bulls in this series? The second best player, go with or the second right. most important, best, the second best, the second best player, Scotty Pippen, right. he's a Hall of Famer. So even though Pippen is the superior defensive player, yes, who is the better overall Pip player, Durant or Pippen? Better overall, Pippen. Really, he's a better over. Yes, he's a better overall player, no question. You know why? 
Who's going to guard him when he's handling the ball coming down the floor? Who's guarding him? Who's guarding him? Who's guarding a six seven point guard? Well, but you're also talking about you're also talking about Durant being someone who puts in twenty eight points a night. That's great. Yeah, that that's and, why and, I and that's why I say o- overall. No, you're, Pippen you're is the better off. defender, but Durant is the better is the better at the offensive end, and that's the number two. Well, I think you're I think you're not taking into account uh, how great of a defensive player the Pippen is. I am. You said better overall player. It's Scottie Pippen. But but Pippen isn't in Durant's class at the offensive end. He's not even no, close. I, I, I would I would I think I, I think these things end up at least balancing out. I mean, and I th- and I think Durant is so superior at the offensive end that's possible. You could argue that as the number two option on each team, Durant is better than Pippen. Well, I'll say I'll say Pippen for this reason. Because you have a guy who's averaging 20 points, nearly seven rebounds, six assists, a couple of steals a game, and blocks a shot a game. That's that's overall, and that's that's those are just offense. I mean, he's a more complete player, that's but right. in the aggregate, who is the better player in the if end? If I had to start a team, I'd have, I'd take Pippen over Durant because of the all-around game. That's what okay. I would. Do. That's right. just me. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? Avalanche have a couple of guys in the All-Star game. We talked about that yesterday. We'll uh, go through who's on the roster and uh, talk about who Jared Bednar will be coaching still during the All-Star break while the rest of the team gets some time off. That's next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason watches MileHighSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. The NHL All-Star Game is coming up in just a few months here, or a couple weeks. I don't really know, but I do know (laughs) that the Avalanche have uh, at least two players in. As of right now, Kale McCarr will be in his first NHL All-Star Game. Nathan McKinnon, who you guys weren't sure if he would get in or not the other day, but he is a captain for the Central Division. And then Nazem Kadri, one of the best avalanche to this point in the season has a chance to be one of the last men in for the nhl all-star game he needs some of that fan vote to get going so your thoughts on kale mccarr nathan mckinnon and possibly nazim kadri getting into the nhl all-star game. you can make the case that kadri uh, is the best player on the avalanche roster right now now i'd vote for mccarr but as far as what kadri's doing he leads the nhl in assists he's second in points per game 
He's fourth in total points. He's tied for second in multi-point games, and he has a point at least 23 of his last 24 games. Now, mm-hmm. Makar scores a lot, but it's harder to score as a defenseman than it is as a forward like Kadri. Kadri is easily the second-best player on this team right now. But if I had to pick one, like if I had a draft, mm-hmm. of course I'd take McKinnon over Kadri. I'm just I'm just applauding Kadri with the way he's played this year after the way Last he was year, a reason Hayden. why the Avs <laughs> didn't advance in the playoffs. Yeah, and just picking up the slack from McKinnon as well. That's that, that's the thing. When you're talking about the, uh, the Avalanche still being among the leaders in points per game in spite of McKinnon struggling, and Kadri's the biggest reason. So just as he took the fall, he was one of the guys who took the fall for the meltdown last year. You have to give him credit for keeping the abs afloat this year. All right. That is going to do it for us. And you and I have a very interesting schedule yes. over the next two to three weeks. It's going to be a long time before I see you again. Right. Uh, tomorrow, I am going in to see Dr. McCracken at Denver Hair Surgery. Is his first name Phil? No, it's not. Or Ernie, like in Kingpin? No, it's actually not. So I'm getting a hair transplant done. I did this many, many, many years ago. The technology wasn't as good back then. Um, I felt comfortable going to that place, but it wasn't the same. I went in to see Dr. McCracken at Denver Hair Surgery probably about a month or so ago, two months ago. I am so excited to get this done. Uh, I love the technology, how he explained it to me. I feel totally comfortable, but I will not be in studio for the next two weeks because there is recovery time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are going to be scabs and I cannot wear a hat because I don't want to ruin any of the work that they are doing. So I will not be in studio for the next two weeks mm-hmm. and then in two weeks I get to wear a hat and then I will see you. You like wearing a hat that much, huh? Well, I can't come in with scabs on my head. Okay. That's just be, part of the process. Wouldn't be comfortable for the viewer. I got it. Right. So we're socially distancing again. For three weeks, because <laughs> when I get back, I go you're to going to the Senior Bowl. Yep. Already right. got my credential lined up, ready to there go. There you go. Going to see right. all those quarterbacks, plenty to talk about. And you're going to have lots of Southern food. Yeah. Alex, great job today, as always. Danny, fantastic job all week, at least for me, because tomorrow I'm going in to uh, Denver Hair Surgery. Mace, I will see you in three weeks, but we will talk plenty, I am sure. Make it the best possible night you can. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust.